Coming up next on The Voice of Alabama Politics, is gaming still on the table? Also, the V-Team takes a look at COVID wildfire. And Mo Brooks thinks Donald Trump's beautiful shot is a killer. You got species killing other species, our species killing all species, including the forest, and we just call it industry. Industry, in Alabama, we call it politics. All this and much, much more coming up next on The V. Welcome to The Voice of Alabama Politics, where we tackle the tough issues so you have the hard facts. I'm your host, Bill Britt, and I'm joined today by Susan Britt, research guru extraordinaire, Angie Horn, Republican political consultant, and Josh Moon, columnist at APR and investigative reporter. Welcome all. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Uh, Angie, good to have you back. Uh, Thanks. We always, we always like it when you're on because it puts jo keeps Josh on his toes. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, you know, and, and I, this past week, uh, Alabama's COVID nineteen numbers have reached levels not seen since February. Mm -hmm. Susan, I mean, the the number of new cases, confirmed cases. Is, is something that we had not anticipated at this point, mm -hmm. but here we are. Yeah, as of Wednesday, we had 2,726 new confirmed COVID-19 cases. We're right now at the, at the seven-day average is 1,931, which is an 815% increase from July 1. I mean, we're back in mm. pandemic, folks. I mean, you know, and, and we, we see this. I know Kay Ivey, Governor Kay Ivey said, Blame the uh, unvaccinated. That that went over well in certain circles, but in Republican circles, Angie, that that went over like a lead balloon. I think. Well, I'll say this: twenty twenty was horrible. I don't want to do that again. I don't want to do that as an Alabamian, as a mother, as as someone who owns a business. Twenty twenty was awful. And I think we all know someone who died. So yes, it is yeah. your mm -hmm. choice whether or not you choose to get vaccinated. You know who doesn't have a choice? People under 12 years old, which means I don't yeah. have a way to protect my child from your choices. And so I just think people need to be a little less selfish when they're when they're doing their calculus on whether or not to get a vaccine. Listen to your doctor. That, Go talk to your doctor. And that brings up a good point. And I think we should delve right into that. Uh, the CDC is giving out guidelines about uh, vaccinated people should, uh, in certain circumstances, uh, wear a mask again because of this Delta variant, which mm -hmm. is a thousand times more uh, contagious. And we're, we're seeing that there's going to be a big fight over whether kids should wear masks in schools. Now, both of you, Josh, and we'll start with you first, both of you have children that are, that are uh, yours is three, but She's precious, mm -hmm. and she goes mm -hmm. to daycare, and Angie has a wonderful son who goes to public school. And so what are y'all thoughts on, on masks for children? 
Well, you know, I, I don't, honestly, I don't know. I, the, the biggest thing is that, you know, I, we just want her to obviously be safe. Um, you know, I, 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 sh- I would love it if we, there was a way to do that and put the kids in school and ensure that they're going to wear the mask, but they're three years old. I can't ensure she's going to wear clothes all day, <laughs> you know? And so, um, you know, and so the idea that she's going to p- keep this mask on and it's not going to be, uh, you know, playing with it all day long and all that stuff. It, it's, I, I think that's very, very hopeful. Um, at the same time, I would like to see more, uh, more data on which kids are getting sick from this. Is it, is it mainly the teenagers or the older kids that are getting sick from this thing? If so, then, you know, I think we ought to kind of structure what we're telling schools to do based on that data. If it's younger kids as well, then, you know, I think, uh, parents have a real tough choice here, and I'm mean, asking one that we're talking about. Uh, my wife and I is, is just you know taking her out of school, uh, you know taking her out of daycare, keeping her at the house, hiring somebody to come into the house and uh, and watch her while we're at home working. And that's that's you know we have that option because we I happen to work for great people, uh, and so you know we we have people who are very understanding of that. And so you know I know other people don't have that option, and I, I don't you know I don't know what you do. I mean the fear of that is is overwhelming at times. I mean, Angie, you know, Jax is, uh, you know, precious boy who who started out, had a little rough, but uh, doing great now. I mean, how, how is a mother of uh, a young son? How, how, what's your reaction to this? So my son is seven years old. He goes to a small private school. And so I'm very fortunate that we go to a school in which um, COVID is something they take extremely seriously. Um, here is my concern as a mother. I don't think my seven-year-old should have a job. And my seven-year-old certainly shouldn't have a job of protecting himself from the choices of adults. So if you want to remain unvaccinated, that's fine. But I also think that you should take the step to say, I'm going to stay away from people who are under 12 years old because they don't have a choice. And, you know, when my son was born, he was in NICU. And, you know, if you didn't get vaccinated, if you didn't get a flu shot, I didn't live too near him. But he has right. to go to school. And so right. if you are going to make that that determination for yourself, please feel free to do so. But don't come around children under 12 because they can't make that choice. I mean, Susan, this is a tough time. I mean, uh, we know mandates uh, have worked in the past. I mean, polio was mandated, uh-huh. measles, uh-huh. smallpox. Those things were mandated for school, for children and adults in certain areas. You, you cannot do that today because we would have open revolt in the streets, but people will not take responsibility for themselves. No, and, and because they've made it a political issue. I mean, instead of a health issue, this is not a political issue. This is, it is not, I mean, yes, maybe you're, you're deciding not to vax on the fact that it's your liberty, it's your right to do so, but is it also your right to in, in, infect others? Is it, are you infringing on their liberties, on their rights, by not getting vaccinated and possibly contaminated other people. Well, we usually say uh, your liberty ends when it endangers someone else's life. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we live with with all types of mandates. I mean, cars, seats, or uh, Mm -hmm. safety belts. And I think this is key. As Republicans, we are overwhelmingly pro-life. We are all about protecting children. And right now, if you are walking around unvaccinated while also being around children, that is the opposite of pro-life. That is the opposite of conservative. This is a vaccination that was developed under the Trump administration that Donald Trump and his family have all taken. So go talk to your doctor. Do the right thing to protect children. 
Yeah, you know, well, I, I, I want to say too that we, we have a lot of people that talk a lot about the love of country and the love of uh, you know, sacrificing for your country and doing what you can for this country and stuff. And listen, I, I love the country as much as anybody, and I think it's a pretty small sacrifice for for my fellow Americans for me to go get a shot because I don't believe I was ever going to really be sick. I've never had the flu in my life, you know. And, and maybe I'm an idiot, and I and I would have been deathly ill at some point, but I didn't think so. But I still went and got the shot. I still went and got this this vaccine to make sure that I didn't carry it around and spread it to other people, uh, to make sure that I didn't infect the elderly, to make sure that I didn't infect people who are immunocompromised. Uh, and, and so I, I think to me, it's a matter of what kind of society and what kind of country do we want to live in? Do you really want to sacrifice for people? Because this is a pretty small step for most people, okay? And listen, if you have medical conditions and things like that, I, I get all that, okay? Go talk to your doctor. You all decide what's best. But at the same time, if you don't, if you've never had an allergic reaction to anything, if you're a pretty healthy person, go get the shot, man, and, and, and put an end to this. All right, we're going to have to leave it right there. Let's put an end to this. I'm tired of lockdown. I'm sick of masks. <laughs> All right, you, you're watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. We'll be right back. Your career isn't a job. It's a journey. Your next job could lead to bigger things and you're in charge of how fast and how far you want to go. At alabamaworks.com, you can connect with employers and start working right now. Then chart your path forward with training and career planning tools. That next paycheck is great, but it's only the beginning. Start a great success story at alabamaworks.com. So you got caught speeding. But this time you got more than a ticket. What are you in for? Vehicular homicide. Stop speeding before speeding stops you. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. Welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. You know, we were talking about vaccination. I want to continue down this road just a little bit more. Uh, recently, uh, U.S. Senate hopeful, Congressman Mo Brooks, Susan, made news by taking aim at Fort Rucker, our Army base. And, and what he said is he went after the leadership at Fort Rucker because they said that if you come on to the base— you either have to wear a mask or have proof of vaccination. But Mr. Brooks, who cannot keep his mouth shut or his brain from falling out, didn't stop with attacking the mask. He said, and I'll read this, our soldiers should not be intimidated or coerced by the government into taking an experimental shot that has death and other ill effects risk associated with it. I mean, what is this guy reading the last part of one of those commercials on television? And it would cause hives and irritation, bowel irritation and death. Well, I guess he read that before he got the vaccine. Mm, yeah. No. So, but on the other side of that, I mean, he and his wife have both been vaccinated. I don't know why he's doing all this other than for political reasons, which actually shows how shallow this man is in his bid for the Senate. 
I mean, this is pure selfishness in a bid for campaign, which is where all of this started was bid for campaigns. And, and, and Angie, I'm going to throw this to you. I, I want to read a March statement from uh, former President Trump. I hope everyone mm -hmm. remembers when they're getting the COVID-19, often referred to as the Chinese, China virus vaccine, that if I wasn't president, you wouldn't be getting that beautiful shot for five years at right. best and probably wouldn't be getting it at all. I hope everyone remembers. Is it a beautiful shot, Angie, or is it is it a killer? I don't know. <laughs> Mo Brooks well, seems I'll to think. Well, i this. You know, President Trump put, put measures in place to remove restrictions to allow us to have this vaccine. That is right. absolutely true. This is a vaccine that was developed under the Trump administration that President Trump and his family got and that Mo Brooks got. Mo Brooks's wife got this shot. They have said that publicly. What I find mm -hmm. interesting about his statements about Fort Rucker, first, not only Susan's right, 100% political banter. Um, and it's another example of do as, you know, do as I say, not as I do. Because he got the shot to protect himself. He doesn't want to protect our military. And that is par for the course for Mo Brooks, who also, yeah. vote after vote after vote, doesn't protect our military with his, with his votes, has spoken mm -hmm. before and said that he really didn't have much concern about the fate of places like Fort Rucker. So the fact that Mo Brooks is trying to feign some sort of interest in the military now is nothing but political banter. I mean, exactly. Josh, this is a guy who in the 70s would, would have been considered a draft dodger because he, he was afraid of being drafted into the Vietnam War. But the, you reported this week that the Department of Justice dealt a serious blow <laughs> to Brooks uh, over his his rhetoric at January 6th. The Justice Department said that conspiring or fomenting an attack on the Capitol is not within the scope of his job as a congressman. So what's that, <laughs> A surprise Josh? to everyone, right? Yeah, surprise to everybody. <laughs> uh, apparently trying to overthrow the U.S. government is, is not well, a, we're, uh, we're a part of a congressman's duties. Yeah, yeah. while well, he wore uh, Kevlar vest uh, at the rally. You know, it, listen, it, what Mo Brooks is doing here is – basically par for the course for a lot of Republicans, which is to play the easiest way that they can play. Okay. This is, they don't, they don't know how to govern. They have no ideology that they, that they can rely on, that they can lean on anymore. And so they just do the easiest thing possible, which is, Oh, Hey, a lot of people don't want to get this shot. So let's tell them that it might kill them. Okay. Uh, yeah. We'll agree with you. It might kill you, even though I've gotten it. And it's the only thing that's going to save us from this pandemic. We'll take this easiest road possible to placate this group of noisy people over here and pretend to be the hero. And that's what Mo Brooks has done throughout his entire career. You look at what he's done throughout his time in, in Congress, through the past 11 years in Congress, he's not managed to pass a single piece of legislation. And he just sat there and sucked up taxpayer money while he railed against black and brown people. And that has been his MO for Mo. So, Angie, you're going to let Josh filibuster this segment? <laughs> no, I was just waiting for him to shut up. So, so here we are, is that Josh seems to believe that we're having some secret Republican meetings where we're all sitting around saying, don't get the shot and don't govern well. Well, mm -hmm. unfortunately for Josh, nothing can be further from the truth. Mo Brooks does not represent the majority of Alabama Republicans, which is why his fundraising is so bad and why the majority of it is not from Alabama. What Mo Brooks is doing is trying to capitalize on, a, on anything he can to save a fledgling campaign. Republicans do not get together and try to decide what we're going to do to try to pump up 
Mo Brooks or anyone else. I Can you name one thing Republicans have done to, to help people through this pandemic? Can you name one thing that Republicans have done? One, one thing state Republicans have done. And uh, it, absolutely. Uh, the Republican, yes, the Republican administration created the vaccine. Or, or one thing that state Republicans have done. To create the vaccine that we are now trying to encourage people to get. So one thing that state Republicans they did to help. One thing that state Republicans have done. What was that, Bill? Oh, yes, I was just going to say. What state Republicans have done yeah. is done everything they could to help, A, encourage people to have the vaccine. They have, B, helped to create. No, they haven't. What they want the money in every step. What are you talking about? They thought they did the vaccine passport ban. Uh, they did the mask mandate ban. They're up there running around constantly trying to undermine all the efforts to get people vaccinated. This is their MO. That's what they've done through the entire legislative session. Vaccines are available at 1,400 locations across the state of Alabama. Thanks There's to not President one county Biden. in Alabama that has less than five vaccine locations, and they are all free. So do not Thanks tell to me President the Biden. administration has not done anything. That's just fallacy. They have done that. losing Democratic Party that doesn't understand why you continue to fail at the ballot box. Why don't you just thank right, President well, Biden and we can move on? All right. Well, I want to I want to thank y'all for this endorsement. <laughs> <laughs> We'll probably have to pick this up on the other side, but uh, it, down in Texas, the Lone Star State, uh, this past week, uh, President Trump's candidate, uh, Susan Wright, was defeated by another Republican. And what I found interesting, and I'm going to turn to you, Angie, on this, is that this was exactly the same type of endorsement that he gave to Mo Brooks, and, and, and it was Club for Growth. But we're going to have to leave this here and pick it up after the break, Susan. Yeah, we are. All right. It's too long. <laughs> too long. Too long. We, can't, we cannot shortchange the Lone Star State. You're watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. We'll be right back with some more Rock'em Sock'em Robot. You'll never guess what 400,000 people in the U.S. were using when they crashed their cars last year. No, nope, not this. This. Distracted driving will kill you. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. If you've been working, you've already proven yourself in ways you may not even notice. Managing your time, communicating effectively, and working as part of a team are key skills that employers value. At alabamaworks.com, you can find out how to build on your experience to up your game and get the job you really want because it's out there. Start your new success story at alabamaworks.com. Sponsored by Alabama Works, the Alabama Broadcasters Association, and this station. Welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. I want to go back to the Texas election as a district outside of uh, Dallas-Fort Worth and uh, conservative district, and uh, two Republicans were running against each other, and President Trump, former President Trump, backed Susan Wright. That was his favorite candidate. The Club for Growth spent about a million dollars on Mrs. Wright's campaign. And she was soundly beaten, beaten, whatever that is. She was soundly beaten by <laughs> another Republican. Uh, Angie, we're seeing 
this similar incident play out here in Alabama, or it could, sure. where the president has endorsed uh, Mo Brooks, and yet uh, Katie Britt's outraised uh, Mo. Mm -hmm. uh, Club for Growth, of course, is behind Mo. Uh, Linda Blanchard certainly has a lot more money. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I mean, uh, are you seeing the similarities that I'm seeing? I am. And it's, you know, there are a great deal of similarities that I think Alabama voters and certainly as politicos are, are looking at. First, McIntosh, who is from Club for Growth, he, he the one that sort of captains that ship, was a never-Trumper. Club for Growth was a never-Trump organization, much like, you know, Mo Brooks did not endorse Mo Trump, uh, did not endorse Donald Trump the first time as well. Once Trump got elected, much like Mo Brooks, Club for Growth then came on board the Trump train. But what's happening now, what happened in Texas, was McIntosh gave Trump bad information. It just was not true. People on the ground in Texas, like Rick Perry, who was part of Trump's cabinet, are saying, whoa, whoa, they're giving you bad information. Trump believed Club for Growth and therefore endorsed someone that, that got annihilated. That's what we're seeing here in Alabama. We're seeing Club for Growth, who wants desperately for their fellow 2017 anti-Trumper to get in office, so they are giving Mo Brooks bad information. I mean, they're giving Trump bad information, and we're seeing on the ground this is playing out differently. It happened with Luther Strange. It happened with Warren Moore. It's going to happen with Mo Brooks, is that you have these never-Trumpers who are now pretending to be Trumpers and doing whatever they can to get a victory. And the only way that they think they can do it is to get Trump's endorsement, and those, those cards are beginning to fall. Josh, I mean, I think this is, uh, is may play out the same way here in Alabama, but I, I want to move on to something else real quick. Uh, we know we're going to have to have special sessions on on prisons, and or at least we think there will be there will be one on redistricting, and there has to be which we'll have to have, and there will have to be one on uh, reapportionment. Uh, no, not reapportionment. Spending the spending money, the money, spending the COVID the relief money, yeah. rescue, yeah. rescue plan right. money. Where is gambling at? Because uh, Senator Greg Albritton, budget chair, friend of the Porch Creek Indians, member of the Porch Creek Indians, Jeff Jeff Poor's show, radio show down in Mobile, and said, "Hey, we can walk and chew gum. We can handle the prisons and gaming at the same time." What do you think, Josh? And what are you hearing? Well, I think that that's, that's probably true. Uh, and I think a lot of them are a lot of our lawmakers, and I believe probably the governor's office as well, is seeing gambling as a uh, as kind of a cookie for, for voters uh, here. They're about to do some things that are not going to be very popular or very interesting in special sessions while they spend a whole lot of money to, to do these special sessions for things that they should have handled a long time ago. And that's going to anger a lot of people. Uh, and I think if you look at it, of all the things that they could do, the most popular thing among voters by a large large margin is gambling. All right. If they could come up with a comprehensive gaming bill uh, that put, you know, some facilities around the, the basically the gaming bill that we've been debating for the last several months while they were in session. Uh, if they could put that on the board and get that passed and start that, I think it would be a very popular thing for a lot of them, even among the Republicans there. Uh, very popular for them, especially for the governor to say that she could get she got this done finally uh, after this amount of time that this has been on the table for so many people along the way. Uh, and you're talking about creating, you know, 11,000. 
15,000 jobs over the course of time for these facilities in a lot of rural areas. Uh, I think it's a, it's a big, uh, it is a big cookie to throw out to a lot of people. And I think that's going to ultimately get it on the table, at least for a discussion. I don't know if it'll pass, but I think we can at least uh, push it. I mean, Susan, do you think this is politically a good move? Governor Ivey? Yeah, I think so. This has been on the table for so many years. It's been up in the air for so many years. While it is is, is being, you know, we have gaming in Alabama, okay? Yeah. This is not like they're approving something new. This is just, you know, clearing the lines, clearing the language, clearing the way it's handled here. So, I, you know, we've gotten right up to the line so many times, especially this last session, right down to you know, within minutes of a vote. And then it fell apart again. So I, I, I don't know how much. If they get it done, I'll be surprised. But I hope they do. Angie, you've been involved in a lot of special sessions and uh, regular mm -hmm. sessions. Do you think they have the uh, the ability to walk and chew gum? Do they have the bandwidth to pull this off in a special? I, well, I think it depends on what gambling is. I mean, what are we talking about? We're talking about a lottery? Are we talking about a compact with PCI? Are we talking about uh, gaming? Where are the facilities? Who's going to own them? How are you doing licenses? There's all of these things that have to be worked out. And to work them out in a special session would be extremely, extremely difficult. So I think the only way gambling is going to work, a gambling bill is going to work, is everybody's got to have a consensus. And the bill has to go start to finish with no amendments, whatever everybody agrees on. But gambling means so many different things to so many people in the legislature. There's 103 of them. I think they would come up with 140 different versions of what that looks like. And, and combining those all into one thing, I think, is the biggest challenge for everybody. And so I don't see it happening. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I think the governor's office would, would want to see that, Josh, that they would come yeah. with a comprehensive package that could pass. I think that's the big deal. Well, yeah, what I, can pass. I think they have one. You know, I think they, they I think they have one. Uh, the one that they had, they had the votes for that. I mean, when you're relying on uh, at the very end of this, the thing that tripped it up was was basically Democrats. Uh, you know, then they were looking at uh, at trying to get some things for for their constituencies in in different uh, areas, mainly Lowndes County. Uh, I think those issues have been settled, and if that's the case, uh, you still have the same number of Republicans on board. Uh, you still now you got the Democrats on board. You have more than enough votes to get the thing passed. If you go to the governor's office right now. And and say, here's our bill. This is what we want to pass. It's the same thing we were running through. We don't need a lot of debate. We don't have to spend a lot of time on this thing. I think it's something that they could push through in a, in a special session, as long as, I think Angie's right about the, the different factors in there, but as long as you keep it to what they were about to pass anyway, I, I think we, you can get that done. I think you well, better do that. And I think the difference, well, I think the difference ahead, is now is you're in an election year. You have almost 25 guys in the House who don't have to answer for what they're about to do because they're not That's running true. for re-election. And so they only have to answer for their personal convictions. And I think some of those guys, um, I think some of those guys would be willing to stand at the mic for a very long time. Okay, so it <laughs> might, I think might not like work the out so well, right? All right, well, we're going to have to leave it right there. You've been watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. You watch us because we watch them.